0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the All In Podcast. I'm your host, Dennis Stanton, Athletic Director at Southern Area High School. Very excited. This is Episode 2, Season 1. Uh, I'm excited for today. As you guys know, our purpose is to provide a platform for student-athletes to share their sports journeys for others to learn and grow. I'm um, very excited just for our second episode here. Uh, we have junior uh, cross-country and track uh, athlete, student-athlete here at Southern Area High School, Manny roto Talarico. Welcome to the show, Manny.
1: Thank you. Uh, It's very nice to be here.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a pleasure to have you on here, dude. Um, You know, when when thinking of people that we were going to have on our podcast, uh, our staff automatically thought of leaders. And you're obviously part of our ALC, our Athletic Leadership Council. You're part of our CAA, our Cultural Awareness Alliance. Um, You've had a great impact on our track and cross-country teams uh, as a leader and as an athlete. So it's going to be cool for you to kind of share some of your experiences. Um, Why don't we dive right into it? So you just got done, you know, a month ago, uh, your junior season of cross country. Maybe if you want to just share with our our listeners kind of how that season went.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, For sure. It was a very, very good season. Um, Despite the challenges that COVID had for all student athletes, we were able to get in a very solid season. Um, Not as many meets as we usually did, but we were able to get to at least one a week. Um, I definitely struggled with at first with having a totally different team because you know, just coming out of being an underclassman, it's a little bit different now, having to take a little bit more control and help to interact the underclassmen more in order to get them more involved because a lot of them are very uh quiet and timid, but um, I definitely made sure to try to. Incorporate them as much as I could in all activities that we did, um, with COVID allowing, and uh, just uh, make sure that uh, it was a good team
0: and a good year. No doubt, and I see you do that each and every day with your stu- with our student athletes. Maybe you could talk to like specific examples about leadership, because you're talking about you know as a sophomore, maybe you were a little bit more timid. I think the word you use, or, or quiet, leading by example. Uh, anyone that knows you knows that you're a lead by example person, meaning You live the right way. Your core values are good. You work hard. Um, You are an example to other people on our track team and our cross country team. But how have you kind of morphed your leadership skills over the last six to eight months now that you're a junior and one of our best runners? Um, Can you kind of speak to our listeners a little bit how you've kind of morphed your leadership skills to not just being a lead by example, but also someone that has a vocal presence?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely coming in. I had to completely change it because I could no longer think the same way I did with how I spoke to my fellow team members. I had to be a lot more educated, a lot more mature in order to be taken seriously. And I had to make sure that I not, like when I led by example, I had to make sure that I followed up with making sure to tell them with what they were doing in in case they were doing something wrong or just in to help uh, them become better at what they did. I love it. And for our emerging leaders that are listening right now, you
0: know, maybe, you know, they're struggling with, they lead by example, they run hard, they work hard, they hit hard, whatever that might be. But they're struggling with that element of, of the vocal piece of it, which a lot of us do. I often say that most of our leaders are lead by example, and that's great. But if you're just leading by example, it's not enough. What advice could you give to that like emerging leader that is kind of timid and doesn't want to say something um, in the context of leadership? Like, How have you kind of been able to do that?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, definitely, if I could give any emerging leader advice, it'd probably be that sometimes, even though it's uncomfortable, you have to be vocal because in order to be heard you have to make noise and definitely when talking to your peers you have to make sure like it's uncomfortable when you have to step up and instead of being necessarily a friend or someone joking around with them to be someone to guide them because you don't really feel right especially if that person is in your same year but it's definitely something that you have to do in order to make sure that you have a good team and it's just one of the roles that appear and you just have to take it on.
0: Absolutely. No, I love that. And I love that the element that you talk about with change, how you had to make that change. You know, oftentimes we talk about selfless leaders and in order to be a selfless leader, you actually have to acknowledge the fact that you're just not worried about your own 5k number. You're worried about other people's, you know, how they're running, how they're performing. And you had to kind of make that change in this off season. I also want to talk about like your individual change when it comes to your own fitness. Because I remember when I saw you in mid-July, I said, wow, you look a whole lot different. Your, your arms are cut up. You got some shoulders are jacked up. You looked great. Um, so what did you do to, to get stronger here in the offseason? Because you made a huge leap from mid-March
1: until we came back in kind of mid-July. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely. Um, to even take it back to my sophomore year, um, I I was very rash and I coming out of my freshman year, I was on track and I was on track to become a better athlete than I thought I was capable of originally. So I got a little bit too confident, I guess I'd say, and I wasn't stretching and that came to bite me in the butt and I wasn't able to have a super successful, super successful uh, sophomore year. And coming into my junior year with COVID, it allowed me the time, and it gave me the place to fully start putting plans in the act, into action, and I, I got a different type of schedule, and I was able to start lifting, and I made sure to save up the money to buy myself a home gym, home gym mm-hmm. and just do all types of stuff to really become a better athlete, and instead of being so rash, start to settle down more, and be more mature with stuff.
0: No, I think it's so important that we are, you know, hold ourselves accountable and audit ourselves for where we are in our in our sports careers. And oftentimes that relates to that strength and conditioning and fitness. And oftentimes we rely on a strength coach or a coach to do that. I think it's really important for our listeners to know that, you know, you did that during a quarantine. You went and saved your money, bought the home gym, did that stuff during quarantine. Um could you get a little more specific about kind of what it looked like like in a 7 day week let's say in uh you know um in late may what did a 7 day week look like for you from a strength standpoint and a and a running standpoint you know for our listeners
1: to hear kind of what your individual process looked like of course of course um i definitely say you know from the very beginning just getting the stuff i had to watch a lot of youtube stuff just to educate myself on what lifting even looked like because mm-hmm. like obviously you know anybody can go in a gym and start lifting up stuff but as uh as putting into an actual schedule to make sure that you're you're getting out what you put in you you have to be a lot more organized with that and so I'd say like from just throughout the week I would do like Monday chest shoulders tries Tuesday back and bys and Thursdays legs and I would just keep repeating that through the week, maybe mix a little abs in, maybe a little yoga, just stuff like that. And running-wise, it was definitely very, very hard. Some days running by yourself, getting that motivation when nobody's there to push you is one of the hardest things I'd say to do. Mm. Just because, you know, nobody just wants to get up and look outside and hear the wind howling, be like, oh, well, that's a nice day to run. But um, it definitely allowed me to train with myself and just be able to accept the fact that even if I don't have someone else there to push me, that if I can't even push myself when no one else is there, it doesn't matter what I'm doing with others because you have to start from a base and you are your own base. Uh, So much to
0: unpack there. You know, I think the biggest key that hopefully the student athlete listeners that are listening to Manny today understand that you have to make that decision, that, that daily decision that you're gonna do something. You know, it's the art of doing. You know, it's not what we do, but it's how we do it, that you actually do something uh, to get better. And oftentimes it's a really small decision. Like as Manny, you were saying, like you're looking outside, the wind's howling, like you had to make that decision that yes, I am gonna go run. And I've talked to student athletes many times that, you know, I use what's called a five second rule. So like, as soon as it creeps into my mind that I might not wanna work out, i count backwards, five, four, three, two, one and then I often make the right decision. It puts me in a space where I, I'm, uh, I have clarity of thought, and then all of a sudden that builds up to our habits, those little decisions that we make. Um, so I really like the way you articulated that, uh, especially during, during the pandemic. Um, so obviously you, you made strides with your body, you made strides with your, your running over the course of the pandemic, and then we came back here, uh, you know, mid July and we were running, and you guys had a successful season um, when you look back on the last three years, is there
1: a memory that sticks out as far as your favorite athletic memory? Oh, um, definitely for sure. Um, I'd probably say just um, our last soph- my last sophomore year of party because it was mostly all, all the juniors and seniors that had had such a huge impact on my life and showed me how even before I necessarily had to step into a role of leadership, just how to balance being, you know, a tough, but loving leader. And it was, it was just, it was a good night. We, we ate a lot of food, you know, these guys do. And, um, like had a, like a, I think we had a football game too. And that was a lot of fun, especially since, you know, we don't always get to do that often, but, um, It it was just a good night for bonding because, like, I think we had a lot of freshmen that year that were very timid, and by the end of the night, we were all laughing and sitting around a fire and just enjoying, enjoying life. It's terrific, you know. Those experiences are huge, especially
0: the experiences when you're not running. You know, you're not doing what you guys are doing every single day, um, and and you're able to kind of see the other side of some of the student athletes that you're interacting with. what about your performance? So, if you look back on the last three years, and I know you know you didn't have a track season last season, but whether it was track or cross country, is there a, a performance or a meet that sticks
1: out? And you know that was my best meet or my best performance. Probably this my this uh, junior year. Um, it was it was leagues, so it was it was a huge huge event, and it was awesome for Southerton to host that. Um, with the thanks of people people that um put in that good work and um it was just nice because we had been running on our campus for a while then so we already had like sort of a feeling it wasn't something that like we had to be scared of we knew the course we knew the race we we we, we were we were ready for it mm-hmm. and um I just think coming into it like I was definitely nervous, but I knew all the work I put in i even if I didn't have that confidence, I could look down on paper and see that I was ready. I felt ready. I had been stretching. I'd made, which is one of the worst things I had to do, but um, it's just something you have to do. And um, I just went out there and went on the line. It was a lot different because of COVID with the mask and everything. But once I just got out there, I knew I was going to have one of the, one of my best races. And um, I went out there and, Ran a really nice hard race. It was definitely very hard towards the end, but I had a lot of people in the race, a lot of teammates that were able to push me to levels I didn't know I was capable of, and um, I ended up finishing uh, 21st, which uh, put me in a third for a third team for leagues, which was really really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I
0: think our league is is, is so strong for cross country. You know, to be able to put yourself in a position where you're honored at the end of the season is a great thing. Um, you kind of talked about leading up to that race and the stretching and the preparation. Um, do you have sort of like a, a – from a looking at the mental side of sports, so do you have like a pre-meet routine or something that you're thinking about before the meet, whether it's the night before or whether the bell rings, school's over, and your meet is at 3.30? Any type of mental preparation that you're doing, or do you just kind
1: of roll up there and, and, and run? Well. You know, I make sure the night before to uh, eat a lot, a lot of carbs because I know I'm going to be spending a lot the next day. And then um, in terms of if it's a school day, usually I just block by block, I just start to try to have myself not have so many of those negative thoughts on how I'm going to do. And instead, I even if I don't necessarily feel that way, I try to replace it with a positive thought. Like, you know, I'm going to go out there and crush it. Like, despite, even if I am feeling bad and I'm going to try to like, or even if I know that I'm not going to have like one of my better ones because I'm how I'm feeling, because I'm able to evaluate that. I just know like, okay, well, I can still try to push one of my teammates to have a really good race because I know they've been picking a hard this, this season. And in terms of going uh, for an out-of-school meet, it's just about, making sure of getting that, uh, getting a good night's sleep before and just having a good time. No, absolutely. I, those are two great examples. I think, you know, if you're
0: not feeling it that day, especially with cross country, you, you can really feel it, you know, leading up to that race, uh, to build others up, you know, and I think your team does that very well. Coach Donahue instills that in your guys, in you guys very well. Um, and then obviously the other piece of, of trying to almost fake it till you make it, you know, like you're not going to feel hundred percent, you know, in most of our sports, you're going to be banged up. You're going to have a, you know, some kind of injury, some kind of nagging injury. You're not always going to feel hundred percent. So I, I like that piece of you controlling your thoughts, you know, stopping those negative thoughts and supplanting them with, with positive thoughts. I think that's, that's great advice for, for our student athletes that are listening. Um, what about your own daily habits, you know, outside of like, you, you come to school, you do a great job in school, you, you go to practice. Is there any, like, daily
1: habits that you do, you know, in the morning or in the evening before you go to bed or anything like that you want to share with our audience? Um, well, I definitely make sure, usually, uh, with winter track, now I'm able to lift after school before I go home. But during cross country, uh, cross country um, if I was having a bad week, I would make sure to try to counteract it. by I would wake up and do my workouts before all that. I would wake up at 5 a.m get a nice hour long, hour and a half workout in and then start my day because after that it would just make me feel like even if I was having a bad day like the worst of it had gone because mm. in terms for me it's definitely more physical that has a toll on myself and then um just on regular days I would do it after after cross country practice and I I like that this year like we we've always been like uh hard workers for for sure but I'm glad that I've been able to get a lot of my teammates now because at first it was just me, but now I have a really good group of guys after school getting a good lift in and it's really nice having each other to motivate and share little tips and everything with each other and achievements. I love it. And I think there's something to be said for
0: getting up early, you know, and doing something before school and getting that work in before school. Um, As much as I'm a proponent of sleep, especially for high school students, um, you know, I think like you said, it's just a great way to start your day um, w- with that with that being said, you know you, you've talked a couple in a couple different spaces here today about lifting your teammates up and and, insp- and you know leading by example, helping them along. Um, when you look back at the three years, is there a student athlete or or multiple student athletes that have inspired you?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, there are so many people that inspire me that you know it's hard to ever choose just one because. Like, everybody brings something different to the table. And, you know, whether it was me freshman sophomore year and having upperclassmen that inspired me to be as good as them in leadership or be better and just push myself hard or people that now are in the same grade as me and are my rivals and we go back and forth and we just push each other to be the best of – the best of the best, and um, um, there's de- there's definitely like, for example, um, one person that specifically inspires me is probably Nick Morales, because he's, he's such a good athlete, and I know that he cares super, super deeply about the sport, and um, despite some times where we may be going back and forth, and it may, like, get on my nerves sometimes because of, you know, how good he is that, like, I'm, I'm never ever to truly pull away. We're always there for each other to work off each other and be, be good athletes.
0: Yeah, and I think I've, I've seen you guys push each other on the cross country, you know, pushing each other in track and cross country, you know, as he runs fast, you run fast. And I think that's important, obviously, that from a skill acquisition standpoint in order to get better at a skill – uh, certainly, as you alluded to, you got to get up and do it by yourself. But having somebody else to push you as well and, and you said, you know, compete against, I truly think that that brings the best out of us. And I think you're speaking to that pretty well there. Um, what about, you know, with, res- with respect, you, you talked a little bit about with COVID-19 this year kind of um, affecting uh, many elements of our society. Um, what would you say, like, was had the biggest effect on your team or your experience this year when it comes to sports with COVID-19? And, and how did you guys
1: respond to it? Um, our biggest obstacle was probably just trying to make sure that we didn't lose the sense of a normal lifestyle and a day-to-day basis. Because without, like, school, like, I feel like, a lot of kids just base their day around it and without school being in there it was hard to uh, it was hard to figure out okay like what do i do first and like should i just lay in bed since i don't have school and all that stuff and that's definitely a mindset that if you weren't careful careful you could get into and um i think a lot of us were able to just we have a group chat so i I think a lot of us were able to know when someone wasn't being as vocal that they were probably slacking off a little bit and we try to give them nudges just to get back to back to their daily routine because that's definitely something that's really important for a student athlete to have. Yeah that, that, that sense of
0: normalcy is so important in, in the fabric of a student athlete's life you know academically, socially, ac- athletically it's incredible um, and the way that you guys have managed that you know, not only your team, but the other fall sports and winter sports, obviously there's a little shutdown right now, um, but you guys have done a great job doing it. Um, and I think that that adversity obviously presented itself in many different ways throughout the course of the last eight months. And, and um, you know, in the same vein, there's obviously been adversity in, in you and you and I've spoke about this in our country with, with social unrest and racial injustice. Um, being a member of the Cultural Awareness Alliance and, and having a platform where we share ideas about racism and how we can be agents of change um from an athletic standpoint have you experienced anything um you know any racism in in your time here at
1: Southerton and how did you deal with it or did you not have to deal with it or anything like that um from from a school wide perspective that's that's definitely something that you know i feel like a lot of a lot of uh, african americans have experienced in the school but um, athletically in in terms in terms of my own team it's never been it's never been a serious problem at all I mean there's there's maybe been like a couple occasions where it wasn't them it wasn't them consciously saying something but it was just it was a mere fix of just explaining to them how that could be taken as insensitive or just ignorant and um it was never needed to be uh brought up afterwards. So I think I think for for me at as a student athlete, it's never it's never affected me to the point where it's altered my performance substantially, but it's definitely something that I think we'll have to move forward in in case someone isn't able to handle such such things. Um, as well as I can. Yeah, yeah, and I, I've seen you handle those instances—not so much racial injustice, but
0: just, just, just conversations that you and I have had, and conversations within the context of the Cultural Awareness Alliance. You know, I think it's important uh, that that we talk about those things and we kind of bring it to light because I think that's the only way that we can move forward is genuine, authentic conversations. Um, being a student at Southern High School or being a, an 18-year-old in in you know Southerton community um, has what what kind of challenges have you faced being a, a black young man, um, and, and how have you kind of uh,
1: go combated that, so to speak? So if take it outside of athletics. Outside of athletics, there's definitely been many many situations where I've had to I've had to be conscious of the fact that if I don't behave extremely well and be respectful here, then this person is gonna see that as a reason that they can racially profile me or speak bad on me or to me, and it's a, it's a rough situation because um, besides my younger sister, I um, the the my whole my whole family because uh, I'm adopted is white, and just sometimes going out or just 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 around the neighborhood or such. Um, people are confused because they're like they're suspicious of how like a family like that couldn't happen or just they don't understand and it's sometimes like if it's younger you just have to explain it to them but um for me it's just it's just about not letting it affect me or it's always it's it's always making a conscious effort that to be respectful and I'm very thankful for my parents who have raised me to be a respectful young man young man because I know that there's certain people that don't have as much education or knowledge in order to be calm and respectful in every situation. Not necessarily that they don't have the right to be, but sometimes you just have to be the bigger person and be be able to Take a step back and just get past it because it's not worth—it's not worth trouble that could arise from it. I think it's very well said, and yeah, your parents have done an amazing job
0: raising you. I, I, I we get the benefit from in athletics, but also our school community with, with the person that you are. Um, and I think you articulated that well. And it, it's an unfortunate um, situation, you know, that that we still have to deal with this, and we still actually actually have to talk about this. That you know, you're placed in an uncomfortable situation because of the color of your skin. Um what kind of advice can you give to you know to our students um to make not just this school because I think we do a good job at the school, but you know, and I hate to sound cliche, but like advice you can give to our listeners, it's gonna be a lot of student athletes, um, on how to be agents of change and, and make this you know a more um you know a better place from an equity standpoint, from a social injustice justice standpoint. Like what what kind of advice can you give? You, you've given advice to a lot of our CAA members. Um, in, in some of your subtle ways that you present yourself at those meetings, uh, but just our listeners as a whole, like any anything we
1: could just catch on to, um, you know, to close up here. Um, really, all I can say is just try to be open-minded, because there's a lot of situations where, like, towards negativity, where obviously someone like if they aren't performing as well or just just want a reason to be mad at someone that they could use their skin color as, as something to combat that, and and in terms of some like not necessarily positivity, but in in their mind they might see it as that, and like not necessarily not uh, when when building someone up, like their skin color doesn't have to be a factor of that. Someone may you know genetics always play a factor in certain aspects of athleticism but if someone if someone does really well in a, in their sport or something it's not it's not something that should be on your mind that oh they they they're just a naturally better athlete than me because they're black or because they're white or anything like that mm. it's because they worked hard at it and i just think that if we're able to move towards that direction then it'll be a lot a lot easier to be a student athlete and just have fun and because that's that's the whole point of sports and I, like anyway it's just like if, if you strip everything down and strip everything away from it it's just about working hard and having fun
0: i love it so well said uh, and so many people uh, our listeners can learn from you maddie um, and it is about having fun. It is about creating that experience, um, and this was a lot of fun. I'm so happy that you, you jumped on here, and we're willing to jump on here with us. Um, before we let you go, we are just going to have a little bit of fun. We got five quick hitters, five quick nice. questions for you. you. You talked a little bit about um, that meal mm. before that, that pregame meal, but let's say you don't have a meat the next day. What's your favorite food?
1: To be honest, my favorite food before me is the same – Food I always go for spaghetti meatballs with a little garlic bread on the side. Love always it. that's right. And the garlic or garlic bread, very nice. Uh,
0: favorite pre-meat
1: song? Do You listen to music before you run, or? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, just you, you got to get hype before a meet. Um, a, a lot of a lot of rap is good. Um, anything anything really by like Drake or J Cole is usually what I listen to before a meet just to get in a good mood. That's it. Get your mind right. Uh, favorite pro athlete? Favorite pro athlete? Um, probably Mo Farah. Um, he works for great, uh, great brand, but he's a phenomenal athlete and uh, good. He's a good guy, so it's always nice to watch him. Easy to root for. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, I put five
0: years in this question, but let's say let's say six years. You know, you're done college. Where do you hope to be in six years? You're obviously a mm-hmm. junior now, so after. If you were to go to college, where, where, where's Maddie in six years?
1: That's that's a good question. Um, as of right now, it's really a toss-up. I could definitely see myself in the military, possibly as a Marine. Um, I think that's definitely something that I I'm quite leaning towards. But um, if not that, it literally could be anything from being a teacher to just just having a a regular nine-to-five job and just running on the side and enjoying life. It's a great, great outlook. You know, as a fan of yours, I'm excited to see where you
0: are, you know, next year and, 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 and years to come. Um, thanks for jumping on here. Thanks for everything you do for our, our athletic community. Keep working hard, keep having fun. And uh, we appreciate your time here today. Thank you for having me. You got it, buddy.